Chapters 21 through 24 of Acts from the World English Bible. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vivian Bush. Acts from the World English Bible. Chapters 21 through 24. When it happened that we had parted from them and had set sail, we came with a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. Having found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left hand, we sailed to Syria, and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload her cargo. Having found disciples, we stayed there seven days. These said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. When it happened that we had accomplished the days, we departed and went on our journey. They all, with wives and children, brought us on our way until we were out of the city. Kneeling down on the beach, we prayed. After saying goodbye to each other, we went on board the ship, and they returned home again. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais. We greeted the brothers and stayed with them one day. On the next day we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea. We entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. As we stayed there some days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming to us and taking Paul's belt, he bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So will the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt, and will deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard these things, both we and they of that place begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The Lord's will be done. After these days we took up our baggage and went up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also went with us, bringing one Nassan of Cyprus, an early disciple, with whom we would stay. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. The day following, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he reported one by one the things which God had worked among the Gentiles through his ministry. They, when they heard it, glorified God. They said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. They have been informed about you, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them, and purify yourself with them, and pay their expenses for them, that they may shave their heads. Then all will know that there is no truth in the things that they have been informed about you, but that you yourself also walk keeping the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written our decision that they should observe no such thing, except that they should keep themselves from food offered to idols, from blood, from strangled things, and from sexual immorality. 
Then Paul took the men, and the next day purified himself and went with them into the temple, declaring the fulfillment of the days of purification, until the offering was offered for every one of them. When the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the multitude and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, and the law, and this place. Moreover, he also brought Greeks into the temple, and has defiled this holy place. For they had seen Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. All the city was moved, and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple. Immediately the doors were shut. As they were trying to kill him, news came up to the commanding officer of the regiment that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. Immediately he took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. They, when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, stopped beating Paul. Then the commanding officer came near, arrested him, commanded him to be bound with two chains, and inquired who he was and what he had done. Some shouted one thing, and some another, among the crowd. When he couldn't find out the truth because of the noise, he commanded him to be brought into the barracks. When he came to the stairs, it happened that he was carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd, for the multitude of the people followed after, crying out, Away with him! As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he asked the commanding officer, May I speak to you? He said, Do you know Greek? Aren't you then the Egyptian, who before these days stirred up to sedition and led out into the wilderness the four thousand men of the assassins? But Paul said, I am a Jew, from Tarsus and Cilicia, a citizen of no insignificant city. I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. When he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the stairs, beckoned with his hand to the people. When there was a great silence, he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, saying, Brothers and fathers, listen to the defense which I now make to you. When they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they were even more quiet. He said, I am indeed a Jew, born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, instructed according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, even as you all are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders testify, from whom I also received letters to the brothers, and traveled to Damascus to bring them also, who were there, to Jerusalem, in bonds to be punished. It happened that, as I made my journey, and came close to Damascus, about noon, suddenly there shone from the sky a great light around me. I fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, Who are you, Lord? He said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. Those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they didn't understand the voice of him who spoke to me. I said, What shall I do, Lord? The Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus. There you will be told about all things which are appointed for you to do. When I couldn't see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. One Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well reported of by all the Jews who lived in Damascus, came to me, and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very hour I looked up at him. 
He said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, and to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now why do you wait? Arise, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It happened that when I had returned to Jerusalem, and while I prayed in the temple, I fell into a trance, and saw him saying to me, Hurry and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not receive testimony concerning me from you. I said, Lord, they themselves know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue those who believed in you. When the blood of Stephen your witness was shed, I also was standing by, and consenting to his death, and guarding the cloaks of those who killed him. He said to me, Depart, for I will send you out far from here to the Gentiles. They listened to him until he said that. Then they lifted up their voice and said, Rid the earth of this fellow, for he isn't fit to live. As they cried out and threw off their cloaks and threw dust into the air, the commanding officer commanded him to be brought into the barracks, ordering him to be examined by scourging, that he might know for what crime they shouted against him like that. When they had tied him up with thongs, Paul asked the centurion who stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and not found guilty? When the centurion heard it, he went to the commanding officer and told him, Watch what you are about to do, for this man is a Roman. The commanding officer came and asked him, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, Yes. The commanding officer answered, I bought my citizenship for a great price. Paul said, But I was born a Roman. Immediately those who were about to examine him departed from him, and the commanding officer also was afraid when he realized that he was a Roman, because he had bound him. But on the next day, desiring to know the truth about why he was accused by the Jews, he freed him from the bonds, and commanded the chief priests and all the council to come together, and brought Paul down and set him before them. Paul, looking steadfastly at the council, said, Brothers, I have lived before God in all good conscience until this day. The high priest, Ananias, commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Do you sit to judge me according to the law, and command me to be struck contrary to the law? Those who stood by said, Do you malign God's high priest? Paul said, I didn't know, brothers, that he was high priest. For it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. When he had said this, an argument arose between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess all of these. A great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' part stood up, and contended, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or angel has spoken to him, let's not fight against God. When a great argument arose, the commanding officer, fearing that Paul would be torn in pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force among them, and bring him into the barracks. The following night the Lord stood by him and said, Cheer up, Paul. For as you have testified about me at Jerusalem, so you must testify also at Rome. When it was day, some of the Jews banded together, and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. 
There are more than forty people who had made this conspiracy. They came to the chief priest and the elders, and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse, to taste nothing until we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, you with the council inform the commanding officer that he should bring him down to you tomorrow, as though you were going to judge his case more exactly. We are ready to kill him before he comes near. But Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, and he came and entered into the barracks and told Paul. Paul summoned one of the centurions and said, Bring this young man to the commanding officer, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the commanding officer, and said, Paul, the prisoner, summon me and ask me to bring this young man to you, who has something to tell you. The commanding officer took him by the hand, and going aside, asked him privately, What is it that you have to tell me? He said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow, as though intending to inquire somewhat more accurately concerning him. Therefore don't yield to them, for more than forty men lie in wait for him, who have bound themselves under a curse neither to eat nor to drink until they have killed him. Now they are ready, looking for the promise from you. So the commanding officer let the young man go, charging him, Tell no one that you have revealed these things to me. He called to himself two of the centurions, and said, Prepare two hundred soldiers to go as far as Caesarea, with seventy horsemen, and two hundred men armed with spears, at the third hour of the night. He asked them to provide animals, that they might set Paul on one, and bring him safely to Felix the governor. He wrote a letter like this, Claudius Lysias to the most excellent governor Felix, Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews, and was about to be killed by them, when I came with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. Desiring to know the cause why they accused him, I brought him down to their council. I found him to be accused about questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or of bonds. When I was told that the Jews lay in wait for the man, I sent him to you immediately, charging his accusers also to bring their accusations against him before you. Farewell. So the soldiers, carrying out their orders, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. But on the next day they left the horsemen to go with him, and returned to the barracks. When they came to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. When the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from. For when he understood that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you fully when your accusers also arrive. He commanded that he be kept in Herod's palace. After five days, the high priest Ananias came down with certain elders and an orator, one Tertullus. They informed the governor against Paul. When he was called, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Seeing that by you we enjoy much peace, and that excellent measures are coming to this nation, we accept it in all ways and in all places, most excellent Felix, with all thankfulness. But that I don't delay you, I entreat you to bear with us and hear a few words. For we have found this man to be a plague, an instigator of insurrections among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, and we arrested him. But the commanding officer, Lysias, came by, and with great violence took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come to you. By examining him yourself, you may ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the attack, affirming that these things were so. When the governor had beckoned him to speak, 
Paul answered, Because I know that you have been a judge of this nation for many years, I cheerfully make my defense, seeing that you can recognize that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship at Jerusalem. In the temple they didn't find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city, nor can they prove to you the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that after the way, which they call a sect, so I serve the God of our fathers, believing all things which are according to the law, and which are written in the prophets, having hope toward God, which these also themselves look for, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Herein I also practice, always having a conscience void of offense towards God and man. Now after some years I came to bring gifts for the needy to my nation, and offerings, amidst which certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, not with a mob, nor with turmoil. They ought to have been here before you, and to make accusation, if they had anything against me. Or else let these men themselves say what injustice they found in me when I stood before the council. Unless it is for this one thing that I cried standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged before you today. But Felix, having more exact knowledge concerning the way, deferred them, saying, When Lysias, the commanding officer, comes down, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion that Paul should be kept in custody, and should have some privileges, and not to forbid any of his friends to serve him or to visit him. But after some days Felix came with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewish, and sent for Paul, and heard him concerning his faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was terrified, and answered, Go your way for this time, and when it is convenient for me, I will summon you. Meanwhile he also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore also he sent for him more often, and talked with him. But when two years were fulfilled, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and desiring to gain favor with the Jews, Felix left Paul in bonds. End of chapters 21 through 24. Recording by Vivian Bush, Houston, Texas, on October 16, 2007.